0: Seven o'clock, live from an undisclosed location, someplace you know, out riding motorcycles because that's what I do for a living. Um, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. I believe it's number twenty-seven, and I am going to try to answer your dirt bike and dirt bike related questions. Like I always say, I can answer ninety percent of them with seventy percent accuracy. Eh, 40 or 50% of the time I'm going to drop the scale down a little bit. My name is Jimmy Lewis. I am the, uh, what's my position at Dirt Bike Tests? What do I do? Um, The janitor. I'm the janitor and the go-getter at Dirt Bike Tests, since nobody else will do that for me. And I'm going to, uh, yeah, run through the questions and stuff today. So, a couple bits of news that I have. Uh, King of the Motos is going on again. And I have nothing to do with it (laughs) that i know of so um let me uh explain a little bit uh two years ago after the last one i decided i was um i was done i didn't quit because i don't quit anything i was finished i felt like i did a good job Uh, i had a i had a good time doing it for the most part and i had a few concerns Um, and those concerns we've been working on for a couple of years has mostly had to do with safety, rider safety um, and because it's a big event. I mean when you're talking about having 30 and forty thousand people out in the desert in open desert where they can go ride and recreate and do fun stuff because that's what they're supposed to do and Dave Cole runs a great event and and one of his his ways of doing things is he wants to make sure that everybody, has the opportunity to go out there and recreate, and he's not closing the desert down, and And people say that all the time because they have to pay $20 to get in, and it's like, it's like, yeah, you pay $20 to get into, quote, Hammertown, you know, to go see all the vendors and see all the cool cars and stuff like that and things like that, so you... You're not paying $20 to come out and use the desert. You can tell them at the gate. You can go in 50 other ways than the main gate. You just can't come into the little complex that is Hammertown in the you know, thousands and thousands of acres that is Johnson Valley. And, of course, you can't be on the race course when there's a race going. So um, there's a lot of people out there and, and with spectators and with some of the pre-running that was going on for the other car races and stuff and – I just felt it was uh, a little bit unsafe for the riders and it was getting difficult for me to feel safe about controlling it. So I, I didn't come up with a solution. Um, we, we worked on it, uh, but there was just some stuff that wasn't exactly, um, going the right direction. And so that was number one. Number two was when I decided to create that event, um, I, made it very clear that i wanted it to have a navigation aspect to it i wanted it to be a few things um, i've ridden a lot of extreme enduros all over the world uh and frankly and i've said this before one of my favorite ones was roof of africa and what roof of africa was to me was it was like the baja 500 mixed with the jules classic which are two you know long-running standout um, you know, the Jules Classic doesn't happen anymore. Long-running, standout extreme enduros, and it was—I liked. I was a Baja racer. I was a desert racer, but I also enjoyed extreme enduro, and and I loved going fast, and I loved going really slow. And it's it to me, it was like, okay, the best rider is has to be able to do everything, not just one extreme specialist or one Baja guy. A guy that just does only one thing was never gonna win. I didn't want them ever win a race that, that I, I wanted you to be a well-rounded rider, you you know. So, and I didn't want it so that a trials bike could win, because that's, you know, if you set up an extreme enduro that if you allowed trials bikes in, they would win, that's not an extreme enduro, that's a trials cross or something. So, I always wanted to have a navigation aspect as well, because that means that you would have to slow down and think about where you're going, as opposed to just racing all the time. And evidently, a lot of the racers and some never said a thing to me. They always like to bitch to other people, but it always gets back to you. They said, I didn't like that because I didn't feel like I could race. Well, guess what? That's what rally's like. <laughs> so I'm combining another thing I enjoyed and liked. It's my race. I made the race the way I wanted to. And you can come and race it or you don't have to come and race. it. It's that simple. And so um, in the end, uh, my, the, the last time we did it, I had one finisher. And nobody got killed, so I feel like I put on a really good race. And I was finished at that point. (laughs) I didn't think I could solve some of the problems. And so it's like, I'll just move on and do something different. Like, maybe do a stupid podcast like everybody else. So, that's King of the Motos news. Um, Justin Lineweaver, who helped me out the last two years. He was injured the first year, and I think just out of the kindness of his heart, he helped me out the second year. um, Is the one who I believe is taking it over. I, I Dave Coles called me three or four times to ask me if I would come back and do it. He says anytime I want to come back and do it, I can. Um, I said, Dave, I'm kind of happy <laughs> doing what I'm doing. Dave let me race his car last year. I raced a car in King of the Hammers last year. And uh, actually finished that event, which was it was an awesome experience. So i um, still super... Um, uh, super stoked. Um, I hope the event goes on I hope it gets better. I hope they I hope somehow they make it way better than I ever could because obviously my short-sighted vision of it wasn't exactly what people wanted and the haters can hate and the people that like it. I, I hope you guys get I hope you guys get an awesome event. Um, to have for Dave Cole to open that stage up for the racers for the motorcycle racers to get you that kind of exposure, you can't pay for that. So any and all you guys that whine about the entry fee to that race, suck it. (laughs) Because because you're getting more out of that. You have no idea what that that thing costs to put on and the amount of volunteers that come out. And I'm talking a lot of volunteers were involved, more almost as many as there were racers to to make that motorcycle race happen. And a lot of them were in conjunction with the King of the Hammers car races as well. Um, so, um, hats off to them. I, I hope it. I hope it goes. I hope it goes big. I, I wish more District Thirty Seven clubs would kind of get involved and help out with that because it's not something that one person can do. I, it was my brain idea, and I did a lot of the the stupid hard work for it. But in, in the reality. Um, it's going to take more than just one person to to kind of bring that thing back so hopefully there's some some stuff going so anyways that's that's news on that front uh next bit of news this will help us roll into the ktm 300 uh, tests that we did i got notification today that ktm has an update for the 2020 um uh, tpi bikes So we had, and I I detailed it in in the tests and stuff, we had an issue with the bike. If you managed to ride it about 2,000 feet in elevation, up or down, it would start doing some funny stuff. It would actually get lean as you went up and rich when you went down. Kind of weird. But I was told that there is now an update for it or it will be released within the next week, and it fixes whatever the issue was. I I wasn't privy to what the issue was, but... uh, that's the cool thing about, you know, some of these, uh, the bikes that are electronic and stuff now, they plug them into a computer, you just get it zapped, and it, and it fixes it. So, problem or not, problem, I'm told, problem solved. So, I won't know with 100% certainty until I actually get one and was, were able to try it, but I, you know, if they say that they fixed it, I always trust that they have fixed it, and, uh, you know, I, I have it on I have it on good authority that it's fixed. So... <sighs> right? (laughs) It's all ones and zeros. That's it. That's, that's it. So I'm going to dive into the questions, uh, the questions that I received mostly on our YouTube videos. Um, and I want you to, uh, so if you have, uh, hopefully I answered all your King of the Motos questions. If you have more, I probably can't answer them because I don't know much about it. Uh, so, um, if you have questions about anything, actually anything motorcycle or motorcycle product related, just go ahead and put them in the Facebook live feed, and I'm going to scroll back through it when I get done with my other questions, and we can answer those. Uh, not free, sort of a labor of love. Glenn, Gwen, Glenn Williams knows about King the Motors; he's been one of my best helpers out there. Um, let's see. So, okay. Victor's out there. Hey, Victor, did you get your bikes back? Um, I heard you had your your kids. And I tried to share that post, but I wasn't able to. Uh, Victor's a a fan of mine. I met Victor at King of the Hammers, King of the Motos. He is the popsicle dude and uh, makes the most awesome popsicles. So if you're ever in the Los Angeles area, uh, popsicle up with Victor. Find out where his his setup's at. Um, So go ahead and um, on the form. Uh, leave your questions. I'll get back to those ones. I'm going to roll into my next questions, which le- means I'm leaving that feed. And I got some, I got some good ones. I got some stuff to talk about. Uh, but first of all, go check out dirtbiketest.com, the website, because that's the place where we're going to try to make this thing all work better. Um, so we can get some. We're going to get some advertising in there pretty soon, and more advertising, which we don't have much of it. But um, in a non-intrusive way. That's the way I've always wanted to do it. I want our, I want our advertising to be uh, companies that, that, that have good stuff, that want to tell people they're looking to buy motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. So go over and look at Dirt Bike Test. Uh, there's an awesome story um, on Trevor Hunter's experience at Vegas Torino. So you may have seen the video that went a little viral. Trevor is a donkey killer and uh, not really um, <laughs> he had a he had a donkey jump out in front of him at exactly 63 miles per hour is when I think that's when he contacted the donkey he was rolling up about 80 or 90 and he sent me that video like on Friday night he's like hey what, what do you think about this and I, I kind of saw it and I'm like you need better balance <laughs> that's what I tell everybody so uh, cool story about that and bug him to tell us how he put that six-speed in the KTM uh, 450 XC, they put a sixth gear in their bike, and obviously it worked because their bike is going 103 miles an hour at points during that thing. That's good information. I want to. I want to know how to do. It. I want to. I want to see the parts list. I want to. That's cool tech information that people want to know. If I have one complaint about the XC, one that shines is that missing six-speed. And they did it, and I'm like, well, cool. Now let's tell everybody. So bug him, not me. I'm out riding my motorcycle, so I can't bug him. Uh, so that is the, uh, that's that. Um, there's uh, the, all the, you can find all the KTM 300 stuff we're going to talk about now. You can find all the tests and the videos. You can see all of my misspellings. You can tell me I don't know how to uh, communicate very well, all the other stuff. complain um, and just fill it in. Uh, to use the comments or something like that. Just, uh, let me know. And then uh what else is up? Oh we did the Honda 250. Did I ever get that story posted? I can't remember. It was I was tired. Um Honda uh two fifty R, CRF two fifty R. I rode that last week at a motocross track. Which um yeah, I uh um man, that bike is an interesting bike. Uh And I'll I'll say that you can tell that they're struggling with getting power out of that motor. You can kind of see it at the highest racing, you read reviews on the bike, and they're working on it. But I I honestly think that that motor is fundamentally flawed. Knowing what I know about engine design and stuff, and when you start seeing the stuff they're doing, they went from the unicam to the double overhead cam, top-end power, high revving, okay? Then they have two separate exhausts, top-end power, high revving. and, And they got the power up there, but all of a sudden now it's strung up there and typical kind of typical for me Honda, they're building everything kind of like at the edge of where they can get things for weight and you know, their their durability and stuff. And to get like a lot more to do the stuff that they do at the highest, the highest racing at the highest racing levels, you're going to be bending, flexing, twisting, you know, doing stuff. And a lot of times, um, you know, it's it's hard to get more power out of certain things, and I hear it's hard to get extra power for racing at that level, and then for the amateur guys, which actually need power strung down a little bit low, that's difficult to get with that engine design just overall. And, and unfortunately for Honda, and actually everybody else that makes a 250f motocross bike, Yamaha has this engine design that's that's excellent for making power everywhere, and they're doing it, and that is kind of. In a, in a class that's so dependent on horsepower um, that's a that's a tough thing so that was my overall feel it's a great handling bike they've done wonders with the suspension it's one of the best turning bikes in the in the world and the interesting thing I found and it's kind of hard for me is because I like to modulate and control the throttle if I would just take that throttle and I should have taken my own damn advice and just turned it wide open it it, it actually it's really it's does pretty good I mean it's it's surprising but I like to modulate the throttle a little bit, and I, I don't just go wham and hold it wide open because it, when it was wide open at whatever you know practical RPM, you know six thousand, seven thousand, and above, it pulled pretty good. But the problem is, I come in a turn and I start rolling it on, and it just doesn't. It doesn't pull. Or if I go in there and I hold it wide open and then I back off for a second, and then I come back on, it doesn't like that either. So it's a little bit like it's a little bit like a one twenty-five in some respects. It's way way longer power band than 120 but if you want to compare it to something it's like you got to be in the right gear you got to be quick with the shifting you got to hold that throttle wide open so momentum is the key (laughs) so um i think you can read about it i think the test is up on dirt bike test um and then uh i went riding my ktm 1090 and that's how i got to where i'm at now so out uh, logging miles on uh my awesome ktm 1090 that i really like uh you can see what I did to that bike what I've done to that bike uh, on some of the videos that we have up on the YouTube channel so if you're interested in the adventure bike stuff we have that too so um, riding everything we possibly can as much as we possibly can all the time and then every once in a while we write about it on the internet so uh, let's see I'm gonna go through my questions right now Um, (laughs) let's see Uh, I got I got a couple good ones so, David, Scornick, sc- score, yeah, Scornick. David Scornick, uh said, Question. I live in Texas, so it's easy to plate a dirt bike. Um, and he's talking about the Honda Sierra 450X uh, test and long-term update that we did. Already got a plated 650R and XR400, looking to sell both and get a Honda 450L. Would it make set, more sense to get a 450X and just plate it? So my opinion is, if you can plate the X as opposed, as opposed to going having to get the L to get the license plate, I would do it, because it's kind of the same bike. If I were gonna do like adventure touring on my 450 Honda, whether it's an X or an L, the L has some stuff in the subframe that makes it a little more robust, so if you're gonna hang stuff on it, but you're always gonna be fighting the ECU. Um, you know, so, so the X comes at a better tune. The X muffler is flows better. It's a little, it's a little bit lighter. It's definitely runs cooler. Um, everything about, and then the stuff you're going to modify anyways, you would do to both of them. And if you're going to go get the ecu i i think that taking the extra weight off the l to make it act a little bit more like an x it's your are kind of. but if i could start with the x i think it's a better platform if if you're just going to hang a license plate on it so the more you're going adventure the more you look at the l the more you're going to ride it like a dirt bike a, a plated you know dirt bike um go with the x so that's what i say about that so that's our uh, token Honda question. We just talked about Hondas. Now we're talking about Hondas. Now we're going to talk about KTM's because I got a lot of questions. On this this one. Um, so we have a uh, commenter, Mike Skidmore. <laughs> I don't know if that's your real name. Uh, I'm not going to read your whole thing. This guy actually posted four or five comments, and if you want to read them, um, uh, go over to go to the YouTube channel, Dirt Bike Test YouTube channel, and on one of the three KTM videos, he went off. And uh, let's see, uh, let's see, no harm in cutting the fuel off totally if you have oil injection. You better not shut the gas off totally if you're running premix. Any new motorcycle or car have improved performance if you just give it a little more gas. Um, <laughs> so he, he went on and on and he got into the Evinrude direct injection and um, Bombardier, Evinrude, and all this other stuff. And it almost looked like he cut and pasted some of their marketing material. I'm very well aware of, of Rood and the orbital motor, motor um, that's not a two-stroke, but it's an orbital and all that stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, no conspiracy theory here, um, uh, Mike. <laughs> um, and he talks about his get Kid and his Yamaha 80. And I don't know how that ties into this, you know, burning holes in pistons and stuff. But anyways, you wanna, there's like three or four posts and... <laughs> They go on. But, anyways, we, we read them all. Sometimes I'm just, man, how do you have so much time to comment on our janky little videos on the internet? Um, uh, yes. Okay. So, Luke D. Visser commented These things are going to be breaking down in the middle of nowhere with electrical problems. Watch. And he's talking about the KTM 300. Luke? I've ridden a lot of electronically controlled motorcycles in the last, you know, few years since they I mean all of the KTMs that are the fuel injected four strokes have kind of the same amount of technology built in. Um, of course the ECU is a little bit different on the, on the two stroke and stuff, but I haven't seen any evidence that these things are going to be littering the forests with broken down orange mm-hmm. motorcycles. You're, you're you need to watch more of the goofy YouTube videos so you can talk about the one or two that you find. Cause it's, it's guys like you that start with this and you're pissed off cause they don't make a KTM 500 two stroke anymore. And you're bitter cause you don't have $10,000 burning a hole in your wallet to go buy one of these things. And I really like to know what bike you're riding a little more information so I could just be a little more pointed when I pick at you. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to watch because I'm not going to see broken down KTM 300s littering the, the forest or any other KTM for that matter. Um, they test these things. I know that they do a lot of testing and durability testing. And Look at your car. Your car is a rolling computer and you don't see those things. Look at all the cars on the freeways and the roads. You don't see them parked all over there with electronic problems. It's the same circuitry and, and whatever things inside of those little boxes that I don't know what they do. And that's what confuses us. Because it's like I can't put a wrench in there or a screwdriver and fix it or wrap some duct tape around it and stick it back on. It's, I understand it's confusing, but they're not going to break down. They're a little harder to, to tune and things in the short term. But in reality, when you start learning that some of the things you can plug or you can use your phone and tune your motorcycle, I'd much rather do that than get gas on my fingers to stick a different pay, pilot jet in. So, um, Luke. Relax, man. It's going to get better. (laughs) So, uh, Ivan Stoev, he said, It would be nice if the sound wasn't only coming from my right headphone. Ivan, you bring up a good point. I need an audio engineer and a producer and a proofreader and all kinds of stuff to help me. Because I kind of remember when I was editing that, I was watching just the one one bar on the one side bouncing up and down and I just forgot to click the button that would make it do two. So I I feel bad for your um, left ear or right ear or whatever, but um, you can actually turn the headphones around if it starts hurting. If my voice hurts this ear, you take the headphones off and turn it around to the other side and then I can fix the other ear and make them hurt equally as bad. So Ivan, thanks for the help. If you have any um, tips for me on how not to make stupid mistakes like that, um, put them in the comments. Nigel. Nigel Notton, three days ago. Awesome review. Love this bike. One note. Oh, one note. The word is iteration. Iteration. <laughs> what? I know. You know what? When I said that on the video, the guy, Mojave Bob, who was standing behind it, right after we shut the camera off, he goes, you know, that word is the wrong word. And I'm like, I am... Um, I ditched that day. Um, I ditched school. Uh, I went riding that day. I was thinking about motorcycles when they taught me that. Sorry, sorry, teacher, that really tried to get me to think better about that. But itiner, itineration. I'm going to learn it right now in front of you because it's painful for me because this the two brain cells that are up here. It iteration. That's it. I said it right. It's iteration, not I. Iteration, it, iteration. I'm going to work on that, uh, Nigel. I promise you that I'm, I'm going to fix that. I'll try to stop making up my own vocabularies. So uh, th- <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with motorcycles, by the way. I speak your language most of the time. Flash Drz um, says, "Wow, great test. You actually talked about the oil injection and how it does." He said, "How it does." I have not seen anybody else do that. Thanks. Flash DRZ, thanks for the compliment. And now let me correct you on your English. Um it would be great test. You actually talked about the oil injection and how it works. Or what it does. I, I think. I'm just, you know, I used to be an editor of a magazine, but don't listen to me. Um I just told good stories, so they hired me. I fooled everybody. <laughs> uh Daddy Dad Dister dad Dister. Wow. That was one of the most educated, thought out reviews I've ever seen. And he subscribed (laughs) and I fooled somebody else, right? Not really. Um, Hey, I put a lot of time into doing this. I have. And, and I, I honestly want the reviews to be educational. I want you to know when, when we ride a bike that it's, it's not fluff. It's, it's, this is the way this bike works. And most of the stuff these days is really good. When we find something that, that we don't like, we point it out and sometimes we pick on it and we work on this stuff. So, um, think about that. You know, we're trying to be honest and we want you to be able to come there and like, we want to be your buddy that knows about this. I'm lucky I get to ride all these different bikes. I've ridden all these different bikes for 30 years now, maybe more. Wait, way more than that, actually. (laughs) 19... When I do my first shootout, I was an intern. I wasn't even an intern at that point. I was just a kid that had a track in his backyard, and I knew some of the test rider guys, and I wanted to be one of those guys, so I kept inviting him over, and I I watched Tom Webb and Mike Webb and... um, Francoon, Kuhn, their, well, Fran wasn't riding, but I washed Mike and Tom's motorcycles. I told him i changed the tires, I'd clean the airfield, do whatever. I'll do whatever it takes to, to get to be in the magazine someday. And uh, so, luckily, one day, one of the other test riders, photo model, really, didn't show up. And they're like, hey, kid, uh, can, you, can you ride pictures? Uh, 1986. Um, and uh, before that, I had done some stuff with a quad magazine, you know, just... I don't really talk about that because, you know, just, but uh, I, so I learned in the, in the, the editor at that time at Dirt Wheels magazine was Hoyt Vandenberg and he taught me a ton about being a photo model. So when I got a chance to do it on a motorcycle, I knew what I was doing. I was actually pretty good at it and slowly I worked my way in, but I didn't just roll up to the guy and say, bro, dude, shoot photos of me cause I'm rad. <laughs> every once in a while i get that these days and and eight out of ten guys that actually we recruit or want to come in and be a dirt bike test test rider dude i can whip it Ugh. You know, it's like can you write a sentence and put that dot at the end of the sentence that starts the next sentence they call it a, um uh yeah you you have to do typing and things like that so anyways uh not, not text language either, by the way. So, uh, where I lost my train of thought. So I've been riding these bikes for a long time. I have a lot of experience to, to, to roll back on, um, some, some history, some experience. My opinion is only valid as my opinion. It's just based on a lot of experience and, uh, I don't care what color it is. Like tomorrow I'll be a Honda guy and today I'm a KTM guy and next month I'll probably like betas again. I need to get a beta. I want to get that Beta 200. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Okay, back to where where I got. Let's see. Um, Let's see. Arrow R says, would love to test this KTM 300 in the woods. Yes, you would. And don't do it unless you have 10 grand burning a hole in your pocket. Or you're a really fast racer and you think somebody will give you one. But uh, I test it in the woods. Uh, I used to be a really fast uh, racer. Oh, here we go okay 440 mxc on youtube says um f- so just for a little history for all you kids a 440 mxc was a two-stroke ktm it was they had the 500 and then they made a 550 and then when ktm started getting all these weird sizes they made a 440 that was the big lightweight you know it was going to be the well handling open class bike so i'm familiar with those i rid- ridden them a few times They were frankly just this side of horrible, but they had some redeeming qualities. Like, you know, they were hard to start and the handling was kind of out the window and they didn't really make 500 kind of power. But anyway, so 440MXC says, KTM's decision to only offer fuel and oil injection on the new 250-300XC and XCWs was beyond stupid. KTM's decision to drop the Kickstarter was beyond stupid. These bikes are still sold as closed-course bikes in the U.S., so it is obviously not about the emissions. Imagine having a recluse, I mean you cannot bump start, and being stuck 20 miles from the truck because your battery died. The fuel injection decided to stop working, which has been widely reported on the 18 and 19 bikes. I have three KTMs, all with carbs and a Kickstarter. Hopefully one of them is a 440 MXC. All have been awesome in a while, but they're the last KTMs I'll buy, assuming KTM doesn't come to their senses. And the only way that KTM is going to do that is if people outright reject KTM's poor decisions. I know that you're aware of these issues, Jimmy, so I have to ask, why are you shilling for KTM? So, hold on, I need to go back and I need to have, um, uh, Nigel, you need to tell me what shilling is, because that sounds like, I, I don't have, I don't look it up, and then, And then we need to get you and I think it was Mike Skidmore talking because you guys probably could march into KTM's marketing department and steer them in the right direction because I'm all in on the fuel-injected two-strokes. I was all in on the fuel-injected four-strokes back when everybody said, this is stupid because they'll never make power like a carburetor and they're always going to break. And and electric starting is stupid because it adds weight to the motorcycle and it makes them hard to start. Wait, what? And they just break and the battery, if your battery died, it's because you're not paying attention to your battery. Batteries give you warnings. They don't just, well, every once in a while a cell will break or something like that. I carry around when I'm going to be real remote and especially when I'm riding with a group that I know some ding dong is going to have a battery problem. I'll carry around one of those little little jump starters about the size of my phone here and I plug it in and I, I, I start them and, and it's good in dire situations i've taken batteries out of my motorcycle and turned it upside down on top of the battery in the bike that died and started it and generally they run until you stall them again but they run with a recluse on those bikes in particular with a four millimeter allen wrench you can unadjust the clutch and bump start it and generally then you can use the clutch and get it to work so you can bump start a bike in my hooseberg with the old what the what the version of Reclusive that the ball bearings one and stuff like that. My Husaberg, which is made in 2008, and it does not have a Kickstarter, and it's never left me stranded. That one I cannot bump start, but I carry the the, the jump starter thing. It's just a preventative thing. It's like carrying a tire iron in a tube. Okay, you you better be running mooses because <laughs> you could get a flat tire and not be able to get home. Think about that. Um. So KTM's decision with the two strokes was not solely about emissions, but trust me, it there is an emissions component to it. And I think you may see that coming. I don't know, just guessing. Um, because they're pretty clean. Hard to get them to start up clean, but they run very clean. Um, I can't remember the last time I've kick-started a motorcycle now. My XR... 100 yes, I kickstart that one, but generally I have an XR100 sitting right next to a TTR125 and nine times out of 10, maybe 99 times out of 100, I hop on the TTR for one reason, because it has an electric start <laughs> and I don't have to kick it. I bought a TTR50 because I didn't like kickstarting my XR50, so I don't ever want to see a kickstarter again. My car doesn't have a crank starter. I never have to bump start my car down a hill because it has an automatic transmission. I just hook it jumper cables anyways um 440 Mxe. i'm sorry we're gonna agree to disagree and uh you need a 550 bro (laughs) those ones were the 500 was a good one even when it said 550 on the on the stickers and stuff when we were racing those back in the day it was always a 500 we got the 500s to 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 run a lot better than the the other ones and the 440 just never once you get over about 350 cc's as a two-stroke It's hard to get them to function really good. They were really hard to jet and all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, okay, wait, Steve. A shill is a plant or a stooge publicly supporting a company without disclosing the relationship with that company. Okay, I'm not a shill because I'm going to publicly display disclosing my relationship right now. Um, Thanks, Steve. (laughs) Steve, we need to get your test on your crash bars up because you might be a shill for (laughs) for (laughs) Alt-Rider. Um, uh, I, I, um, let's see, I was a KTM factory rider. Um, not once, but twice. Uh, let's see. Um, I've done, uh, different kinds of testing for KTM, uh, in a testing component, but I've done that for many other manufacturers as well. Uh, when I do that stuff, I'm doing that independently. It makes no difference. You know, if, 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 I would sit there and tell you something about a bike that wasn't correct my credibility goes out the window and and so when i'm doing stuff for them i tell them exactly what i'm feeling on the bike to make the bike better and what they do with that information is up to them when i'm testing for this i tell you how a bike works the way you buy it off the showroom and if it needs to be tuned or modified or changed i tell you why i changed it and for what reasons and that's that's uh, that's what i do so um yeah, uh, that's the, that's, I'm um, sorry. Sorry, I'm a sh- a, sh- a, a, claim, a, a reported shill. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Paul Pratt says, excellent review, Jimmy. Thanks for all your insight. Um, you're going to have to stand up to KTM 440 because he thinks I'm a shill. Uh, Mr. Transparent One. Oh, God, I love that name. <laughs> I want you to use your real names, like like a name that, that you can, so when I, talk about you, because I don't know who 440MXC is. I hope all his buddies know who he is, and they tell me, and I can use his real name, because I like, I, this is my real name. I'm Jimmy, I'm from Dirt Bike Test, and, like, I'm trying to be honest here. But when you're always hiding behind these screen names, and that's the other thing, when you're finding all these problems about bikes, and they're all reported by, you know, you know KTM Fast Guy 123 on whatever it is, on, on four-stroke um, talk whatever dot slash you know you don't even know who these guys are <laughs> and half of them are just flaming some other guy or they they want to be the first guy to show you hey look at this top end that exploded you know i i got this i got this <sighs> um, bad news travels a lot faster than good news uh and and when you start seeing a problem it's generally it's generally addressed By the manufacturer if it's a true if it's a true problem it's not ding-dongs you know doing stuff with their bikes okay Uh, let's see mr. transparent one there's a long one I'm gonna run through it I have a beta 2016 RR with fairly dialed in still wheel suspension and likely need to upgrade in the next two seasons and then there's a parenthesis and there's something in there I don't know what it is because it's not in there Um, let's see the motor has been magic with the Slavin's S3 Mule, so I was hoping things would evolve significantly, um, but $10,000 for a new bike is painful. I'm doing some improvising here because the, the, the riding is, um, it's a little above my riding level, but you know I, you know how it is. You have to improvise. So, do you think the change is worth it? And if that, if, if, and let's see, do you think the change is worth it? And that's amazing if I can stick with stock suspension. Was thinking I would have to go with the Crefter Del Sagio route as forks always seem to be a hot mess this last decade. I'm going to disagree with you on the last decade thing. I can see like some of the earlier bikes, like maybe five years ago, the suspension settings were soft. And it really depends on you, your weight, what you're really doing with it. We'll get into that. So back litter. Uh, thanks for the review. I am not a loyal to a brand either. I'm not a brand loyal either. Although I have noticed some great handling characteristics on the beta. I'm going to agree with you. Except for never quite the feel it... I never quite feel ease with the front forks to off-camber, downhill stutter bumps, um, loose over hard, etc. I know what you're feeling. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a stiff fork on a flexi frame. Um, it's... It... Yeah. Nah, I, I I don't I don't really agree with you it's that that it's that bad but um, if your forks aren't set up right it can make that bad uh, and I was able to get the, the last few generations of uh, 2016 for sure I was able to get those stock working really good especially after I got them serviced I did not have to go to any funny funky valves and special stuff like that so Let's see. I've owned KTM's over these years. nearly as good as any bike out there. The one problem I see with the XCW or Beta non race is the limitations you find with high speed desert hoops, limits of open cartridge or PDS. You really don't want to ride a new one because uh, I, the 2019, the PDS and the and the and the, the Explorer fork, I would say maybe not the best. You had to kind of dial them up a little bit, and then they got harsh in the small stuff to get them to work in the hoops. That, I think I said it in the test, that KTM 300 XCW was one of the best handling bikes, even in the desert, that I've ever ridden. And I think it's, they they did some stuff. They actually went to lighter springs, from what I'm told. They tear the forks, part of the shock bar. They went to slightly lighter springs, less preload. No, lighter springs, more preload, and, stiffer valving better valving um so they got a more progressive feel out of it and it's really good so uh i i and and i've never had the need on the last since the explore went to the individual uh compression one side rebound on the other i have not felt the need to revalve any of those forks or spring them or anything i could tune them and get them to work way better than the old ones and good enough for anything that I was doing. If I was racing and being a real racer and you're really looking for the edge, I would change some stuff. But for the average guy, and you gotta understand, these bikes are designed for the average guy. He could be a novice and he could be a high-level intermediate, you know? And, and he's probably not a top expert and he's not a ranked beginner. So there's a, they're, they're getting a wide range in that thing. So, um, no doubt they are the best for slow speed and technical, and the Oprah cartridge gives unbelievable slow speed comfort, but things can get a bit hairy when exceed 40 mile an hour through whips, whoops and other junk trail non-race versions. Did you finally explore up to the task of some of the faster sessions? Yes. I would think you would be shocked if the suspension didn't need some type of $1,000 tuning action, but if so, it doesn't need to be tuned. I won two works races. It, of course, it was up in Washington. Slower ones. I I really thought I wanted to race the XC. I just did in my head, but I didn't draw. They drew which editor got to ride which bike. I would have picked the XC. Just said, oh, that's a more of a race, and I wanted to do that. And. I got the XC and I'm like, "Uh, well, I'll just suffer around the motocross track and that faster section out in the back, but I'll love it in the trees, maybe. It depends on how rough it was. I loved it the whole time. There was one double jump I was kind of scared of doing and I finally did it and it was perfect. It was the little one after. The the bike just didn't have that motocross pop that I needed to get over it. But other than that, um, yeah, good. Um, So anyways, back to the questions again. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So should I do it and put a deposit down? If you have 10000 bucks, yeah, <laughs> you'll be glad you did. It, you, from your 2016 beta, you're going up. When you ride the counterbalance motor, number one, you're just going to go, holy, sh- yeah, that's good. And then the, the, the fuel injection will take, you'll go, hey, this feels lean. Oh, yeah, whatever, when you start trusting, you start turning the throttle and you're like, oh, this thing's, this thing's good. It's almost as good as the champagne of beers, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see uh, yeah put um, mm. I'm getting a sore throat <laughs> I'm babbling so much I need a co-host I need someone that, that, that can talk half the time I know I cut them off all the time that's my you know, bad habit but um, gives me a chance to breathe let's see please put let me know your thoughts we ride the Moon Rocks Nevada Truckee California Woods Peavine Mountain, Nevada, Virginia City Grand Prix, and the Pine Nuts near Minden. I've ridden all those places. We ride at slow, expert pace. Occasionally have bursts of speed. that reflect true expert levels. Hoping you have finally built a bike. Hoping they, KTM, that is ready to race. Yes, yes, yes. I think I would fall out of my chair if that's actually the case. I hope you don't land on your knees. I really don't, and especially not your head. Wear a helmet. Um, That's what I think. I really think that that bike is that good. I really, really honestly do. Not, I, didn't, I didn't make a video and say that, I'm not saying that now to, to, to lie. That's a good bike. I want to buy one so bad, but I just bought two nineteens for my school and I want to buy a pedal assist um, um, electric mountain bike so I can go riding with my friends because I'm fat. Uh, okay. <laughs> Cars Channel. Best review ever. Nice job, man. Thank you. (laughs) Got to pat myself on the back. Good test. Well done. I would really like you to compare the 250 to the 300 because your reviews are good. Brett, Shelton, thank you. Um, So the 250 and 300, and I rode the 250 XC, and I've ridden the 250 before, and, and the 250s, the older ones, Weren't as good as the 300 as far as throttle response and the and the, the, the carburation feeling in the fuel injected bikes. The new one, the 300 is the 250 is pretty good. It's good. It's it has the same characters and throttle response. Maybe a little bit more than the 300. It's a little quicker, snappier. And the the old, the, the you do feel the 50 CCs of power. And it's kind of like of torque. And everywhere it makes that that little bit extra power. The 300. But the 250, if you like to rev a bike and you like it to build revs a lot quicker and kind of really come into the power, the 250 is better. So if you like, the more you like to rev, the more the 250 might suit you, the more you like torque, the 300. It's the same thing between a 350 and a 500 four-stroke. Because where you're really riding, you're using X amount of power, and they both make that X amount of power. The 250 or the smaller bike just has a little bit more rpm to get there and maybe it doesn't pick up just with rolling so you know you use a little bit of clutch but i i i think it was good the, the 250 i thought it would rev more but it doesn't necessarily rev more the 300 revs out really good and after playing with the power valve in the 300 um and knowing that um that's uh that's part of the game so uh let's see um, thanks for all the great information. I have a question regarding the difference between the Husky 300. Does it have the same frame changes that have been done to the KTM? Well, Rob, I don't know. Is What's a Husky? Because they haven't, they haven't invited us to any of the intros. Do they have intros on Huskies? Oh, I don't know anything about Huskies. So I'm going to have to... No, in reality... <laughs> we're kind of on the short list over at Husky, but I've talked to them and they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll have you out pretty soon. Maybe kind of, at least that's what they told me directly to me. Um, uh, so I, I would love to give you some really good information about that. In fact, if you look on dirtbiketest.com, we have information on the 2020 Huskies in the preview story. We did not ride them. We just put the information up there. I get all their press releases. I just don't get invited to the intros or they don't really offer up test bikes that often. So I don't know much about them. Um, unless, you know, sometimes a friend has one and we test that or ride that. Yes, the frame changes are the same between the two bikes. A Husky is a KTM and a KTM is kind of a Husky they There's just little parts that are different. So they have, they look a lot different. They, they try to keep their brand identity, but they're all kind of the, the engineers are kind of the same guys and that kind of stuff. So. I can't say for sure exactly, but, um, will have the same frame changes, but it's going to be a linkage frame. So the frame will probably be more like the KTM XC frame with the Husky stuff done to it. So if you, um, don't like PDS, then there's an option for a XCW, like, so T, what do they call it? The T E on the, the Husky T C T T E. That's right. And then they have the TX or TXC or T... T I, I don't know. I have, to, I have to ride it before I know. So, uh, Rob, hope, hopefully we can answer your Husky questions in the near future. Jay Bray asks, YZ300X, where are you, Yamaha? Yamaha is making a bike for all the guys that I was talking about earlier. They're complaining. Yamaha has a Kickstarter. Yamaha has very little to no electronics, by, per se, for their two-stroke. Yamaha does not have a 300 but you can buy a 300 kit that's the same as the 2005 bike basically they haven't changed the thing so there's a lot of parts available Jay you need to buy a KTM don't wait for Yamaha I I, I would hope Yamaha has something in the works uh, but um, I don't I don't see it coming they're selling as many YZ 250s as they can. The YZ250X is, is a really good bike. It's simple. It's, it's, it's also a good bike. It's just not it's not as evolved as the KTM. It's for people that are like, you know, their knuckles still drag on the ground and it makes it easier for them to kickstart a motorcycle. Um, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Jay's ripping. Great video. Really appreciate the information. Was super curious if there was enough changes to notice from my 2019 XCW to the 2020. Sounds like there is. Did you watch the whole video? I think I said that, or maybe I wrote it in the test. It, like, if you have a 2019, it's there, there's just enough to make you really want one. Um, if I had a 2019, in all honesty, I would probably wait until 21. I think there's going to be a big demand for the 20s. You're not going to be able to get any, I bet you in 21, you might be able to get a deal. Your 19, the biggest thing is the kind of the, the suspension and chassis. It, it, is a, it is a big step, but... Depends on what you can sell your nineteen for. Get it get sell it sell it quick. I might buy it. because <laughs> the suspension you can you could probably switch the internals out. You could get a good suspension guy to you know. All all it takes is a good suspension guy to go get the twenty, pull it apart, figure out what they did, and then start selling that as their modification for the twenty, tuned to your personal specifications. Like I always say, you should have a good relationship with your suspension tuner. That's important. You should be able to communicate because One size doesn't fit all, and that's why there's so many suspension tuners. Manufacturers do a great job at getting a good base setting that fits a lot of guys. And since I'm perfect, the bikes work perfect for me. So take that how you will. Uh, C Fury says, awesome video. I'm waiting for mine to arrive. Always worried about the power delivery. Seems the many reviews that the power valve out at 1.5 to 2 turns makes a big difference. Can this power valve mod be done without an ecu adjustment thanks again uh, so yes i tested the power valve um, and and man 1.5 turns out was too much like w- w- one one turn one and a quarter and then it started doing bad stuff and by bad stuff i mean the power delivery got really really sharp and and ran ran out quick um, it, the power valve opened up to like, like too soon to where it, it didn't, it lost pickup. It started going backwards the other direction, but I did it without doing any ECU change or basically I put a JD jetting tuner on the back of it, piggyback to it. So I was adding or taking away fuel and you do not have to do it. It didn't do anything funny. It didn't make any more weird detonation noises. It didn't seem like it was running rich or lean, although it, it does change the compression ratio when the power valve opens sooner. You know, it goes to... It's a lower compression motor when it runs higher up in the RPM. So you can do it, but if if you want to tune the power character, the tuner is a good thing to have because anything you do, if you put a spark rest on, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to do some tuning to the, just like you would jet a carburetor, you're going to want to do some fueling. Um, if you want to play with the ignition, I'm sure there's other tuners out there. I haven't tested one yet. I will, hopefully. I need to reach out and try to get my hands in some of those that do ignition maps as well. But uh, yeah, so I think you can do the, 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 the power valve mod, um, but play with it. I think one and a half turns is too much. Like one turn was kind of golden for me. Half turn to a one turn really got the snappier pickup that I liked. Um turning it in was better for slippery and boggy conditions. Um, and I would uh, I would definitely put the, uh, the, the switch so I could turn tune between the ignition maps, but I wish there was a little more differentiation between them. Um, Brian P commented great review JL thank you I'm having a tough time deciding between the XC and the XCW any bits of advice on which is best for east coast rocks roots and mud from a suspension and tranny standpoint XCW that's, that's it <laughs> for anytime you get in that kind of that more single track trail um, you know slimy you know loose uh, or or slippery or roots. XCW is just going to... It's stock. Stock for stock. The XCW just moves a little freer. It's a little... It moves through the stroke easier, in my opinion. Not to say that the XC wasn't pretty good as well, but once you start going to more track stuff, the, the, the XC, the, especially the fork, in the fork, since it's an air fork, it's easily adjustable. The fork has a little bit more progression. It feels like they also put um the shock matches it. Not that the that the PDS isn't progressive, but the shock kind of matches it. So um anytime it's like the more you're looking at like track riding and stuff, the more go to XC. Um and, and I like I said I was pretty surprised by how well the the XCW quote race. Um and the gaps in the tranny first gear isn't really usable for racing stuff. You're never unless you're an extremador you're never really going that slow. But the closer ratio box, so the XC, just you have two gears to use for any situation, and you know. So I don't. I don't think the wide ratio transmission is that wide that it's gappy or anything like that. So uh, I would go with XC. That just that's just my take, and I I do like PDS by the way. So uh, something's wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> and then we have another one. Who? What was your name? What was your name? Heartless. Heartless says. Too many bells and whistles, Yamaha YZX all day. You're right. I I agree with you. The KTM has too many bells and whistles. Like, not having a Kickstarter is definitely a bell and a whistle that I like to not have to touch all day. You Yamaha guys, and I like that the bike's good. They make a bike for you people. (laughs) It's simple. You get to kickstart it every time. Um, yes, uh, I dad, I dad says, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm really sick of all these super modern twin map sensor-laden technical overpriced trails disasters. I know the days of having fun were over when Honda and Kawasaki dumped the 500 CC two stroke. It's not fun anymore, just expensive because it's lean. I have seen five TPI motors burned up. It's clean all right. Nothing like an EPA setting. The standard for oil injection. <laughs> Hi Dad, you need a Yamaha. Yamaha YZX all day. Just like um I forget what his name was, it's on the other screen right now. Um okay. I can't believe that you need a 500 cc to have fun. But that's you, I'm not judging. Uh it's not fun anymore. <laughs> Just expensive have you priced a 500 cc two-stroke lately go find a kx 500 for under like four grand they're more used they, they're use more than you bought them for because all oh, you guys have built these things up on this pedestal um <laughs> you can have them uh <laughs> i mean they're fun to ride granted but uh yeah uh i um i have nothing i so you've seen five tpi motors burned up okay if you had a real name <laughs> and you can get your five friends with them burned up, the the ones that had, to, to let me know how they burned up, because I don't think you do, but anyways, um, it's clean. It's not an EPA setting, by the way. There is It's a closed course competition bike, so it's not an EPA setting, so EPA has nothing to do with the setting. And nothing like epa setting the standard for oil injection they don't set the standard the motor developer designer sets the standard for the oil injection not the epa epa has nothing to do with two strokes in fact two stroke is a bad word at the epa and that's why the orbital engine it's not a two stroke but it sure as heck looks like one works like one is not called a two stroke so anyways uh hopefully uh that I didn't answer your question. I just beat up on you. I, Dad, I'm sorry. I If I had a co-host, he'd be taking the list of I'm um, sorry's and with all the factually incorrect information that I'm spewing out, and we'd have an apology section that could be quite possibly as long as this uh, rant segment thing. Mix Alice. Mix Alice. Sound like a guy that likes to mix gas. Racers would map bikes according to conditions. Yes. High-level racers would would do that. Um, Novice and regular racers, they rarely check their sag, so why would they do that? But yes, real racers would map bikes according to conditions. That's why I use that Yamaha power tuning. Wait, am I saying good things about Yamahas again? That's why I use that Yamaha power tuning app, and that's why I always like the YZ450. Hey, there might be a YZ450 test up on dirt bike test right now. You can go look. I haven't, I forgot to look today. I was riding my motorcycle. Um, so, uh, but like, yeah, like you, like th- things like that. That's the future. That's when it gets really good is when, when KTM lets me send my map into their ECU. Hint, hint. Everybody should do that. I don't really want to plug a computer into it. I like the, I like the fact that my phone's in my pocket and I can do these podcasts on my phone. I can map my motorcycle with my phone. I can call people. Um, stuff. I can I can talk on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's what we do it for. Uh, okay, let's see where else we're at here. Um, oh, my last comment. May Mama Mamale commented. Hey Jimmy, what's the gear suppliers? you Oh, he's talking about the Tour of Idaho video. A few years ago, I did the Tour of Idaho. It's an awesome single track, you know, multi-single track dual sport ride from Utah to Canada, Tour of Idaho. Um, thanks, Martin, for all the hard work on that. It's kind of going on. It's peak tour season now. Uh, congratulations to all the guys that have finished it, especially the guys that did it solo, because that is, you can watch the video and you can see Jimmy get a little pissy when he says, I like riding motorcycles a lot, but not this much. <laughs> um So he wants to know, hey Jimmy, what's the gear supplies used for the trip and your navigation setup? Thanks. Okay, here we go. When I made that video, which it cost me a pretty good, pretty penny uh, to have that edited and all the work done on that. I didn't do that myself. I didn't know how to do it then. I've learned since then. But I probably would have paid somebody to do it because they did a much better job than I would have because the sound would have only been coming out of one ear. The whole time and that would have really sucked because it's an hour long but when i did that video after i got done i reached out to a lot of the companies the stuff that i used and said i would like to do a video specifically about the stuff i used and talked about how well it worked and why i used it why i chose to use it and why other people should use this stuff that's very successful really works and everybody said man if you would have told us before you did this video that you were going to do that we could have put it in the budget well Just recently, I pitched a couple other people, hey, I want to go do this story on doing this thing that everybody wants to do and it's super cool and I'm going to do a video and I'm going to use your stuff. Would you like to kind of subsidize, sponsor, you know, put stuff in the video? And you know what they told me? Why don't you, know, if you go do it and then we see how it turns out, then maybe we can give you some money. So I'm confused. So my answer to this Lay is I wish I had a dollar for every time I had to explain this stuff to people which I don't but I will tell you that I used climb stuff because climb supports dirt bike test their gear was excellent and I ran into some conditions that really and I use climb gear personally for, for fun when I ride by myself I use it as much as I can for photos Cause they're helping out dirt bike tests. Um, that stuff is really good. Uh, the other stuff just look very closely at the bike. And then when they start s- supporting us, I will be way more than happy to start talking about a little bit more because right now I'm doing this cause I enjoy it. I like it, but it's not paying the bills. So, cause I don't have a, I don't have an editor. I don't have a, uh, a, a producer. I don't have a copy editor. I can't spell sound only comes out of one ear i can't even afford the second channel of stereo to get these things through (laughs) so you know what i gotta do i gotta run out to dinner so um wait i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go back onto the 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 book of faces to see if i got any questions that i that i missed probably not because you guys never ask any questions actually sometimes you do um holy crap i missed a lot (laughs) uh Let's see, speaking of balance, when is the Taste of Dakar happening again? Um, Wow, there's questions popping up all the time. Uh, The Taste of Dakar, uh, that's an alt-rider event, and you would have to check on their website. I did something called Prompt to Dakar, and it was uh, financially stupid. (laughs) So I probably, it was a lot of work, and it didn't pay off, so I didn't... Let's see. I really love to hate KTM, but anyone thrashing the KTM TPI hasn't won one. Correct, Chris. That's, uh, that's right. Um, let's see. From Urban Dictionary. Oh, my wife is telling me what a shill, the shill attempts to spread buzz by personally endorsing the product and public uh, Yeah, okay, got that. Thanks, honey. Uh, I hate when I join late. David Nitson, I hate it when your kid can't get a story he's done on time. And you can tell him I said that. Actually, he should move out to Pahrump and I can teach him how much money he won't make as a um, as a uh, dirt bike test editor. But he could learn a couple things from me and um, then he would be moving out because he says he needs to move out and get a life. Uh, let's see. And if you are running mooses, they can fail too. Uh, let's see. So your riding remote should be carrying at least a 21-inch tube. Yeah, I usually do that. But mooses, if you're smart, don't fail fail it's just like your battery <laughs> I was making a joke there uh, let's see Jimmy is far from a shill uh, let's see I'm Bur Morgan with Trevor let's see hello Heather let's see hey love the show dirt bike news. hey these guys dirt bike news.ca um, they have good stuff and they they they're connected with some of the guys that make these pretty funny videos that I used to put up on dirt bike tests but I get lazy and I didn't do it anymore um yeah check them out victor how the hell do you watch on youtube um it's uh, i did it last time but we're not doing it this time when are you involved are you involved with the 2020 KOM? uh scroll back uh 59 minutes and you'll find out the answer to that chris parker it was time to talk when he takes us chris is not here uh let's see um thanks for the heads up uh let's see hey jimmy why buy a husky when you can buy a ktm what's a husky uh, let's see, twenty twenty KTM three hundred and fifty XCF versus X differences, Eduardo. Um, you know, I haven't ridden those bikes, but we do have the information on the preview uh, up on Dirt Bike Test. So I should say Google it, <laughs> and then Dirt Bike Test will come up, but maybe not. You'll get you'll get sent to Dirt Bike Magazine, and then like it's just a bunch of fluff and. Looks like somebody cut and pasted the press release, which is just lazy. But anyways. Um, Brian Vaughn, Hooseberg, FE So you said Hooseberg, and so now I'm all I'm all in. Uh, FE570 or much older KTM 450 EXC. Fast B rider and just ride tight, nasty, northwest Washington, woods to Baja Deserts, climbs, etc. Riding O2C but need lights and electric start. Brian. Man you just can't get away from a five 570. You ride one once, brother, and that thing has so much power. It, like, they don't make motorcycles like that anymore. I mean, that motor is so backwards that, like, they don't even make bikes like that anymore. But, um, I would not go, you know, if you if you go KTM 450 EXC, the, the only year I would really get would be the 06 or the 07 the RFS motor, but you're still carbureted. And, eh, carburetions for... Neanderthals like that guy that wants a two stroke 500 or something um, but in in the tight woods and stuff like that I really enjoy it. it it's a heavy bike it has a handling characteristic that makes it feel pretty light but boy if it starts tipping over it gets heavy it's a heavy bike but um, I would say that it could be one of my top three favorite bikes ever everybody that's ever ridden it is blown away by how good that bike is you know but it's a Hoosaberg, so what, whatever. So uh, I, I, I give it two thumbs up. So I, I would, I would, if you can get one, I would get one. They're good. You, they're not going to lose the value from where they're priced at right now. And you can still get parts right now. Uh, they call it a cry session now for m- millennials. Do I, do I need to have a cry session? I, I might. I might have one. What are your thoughts on a YZ450FX as a desert racer? Would a, desert racer, would a WR450 be a better fit? No. For desert racing the FX is the bike because it has the better suspension I mean better setup suspension same components it's set up more for that racing and the gearbox is the same it's the same wide ratio gear back gearbox so um, uh, FX for sure for desert racing no questions about it that's probably the one time I would say for sure the uh, the FX is is better uh, Neanderthal Oh, Victor's a C- oh, man, Victor. I'm sorry, I I, I forgot that you're a CR500 um, lover. Uh, <laughs> you'd probably be psychotic if they stole that thing. I suspect. So I think I've run through the uh, run through the questions. Um, hope all you uh, guys with Kickstarters go outside in your garage and just. Get, I know you're pissed off at me now. Go kickstart your motorcycle, bro. Like hammer down. So. Uh, Anyhow, um, thanks for joining. I'm gonna uh, go out and get some food in me, uh, and I will check back to look at comments and stuff. Uh, we'll put the video up on YouTube as soon as I can get connected and do that. You can watch our, our reruns there. I guess our, I guess we're up on iTunes now. Somehow I heard I've heard somehow you can find uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday on iTunes. I had somebody else working on it. I got a like a, I think maybe they gave me some thumbs up or something like that. Um, so, uh, you can get all the episodes that you missed. They're definitely not as good as this one because this was by far and away the best episode that I did today. I promise. So with that, um, I will hopefully see you out on the trail. Cheers.